Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Motown and Coney. Back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? So, <clears throat> I don't even know where to start. So much has happened since we were last on the air. Uh, shoot, you had 21 Savage basically calling Nas irrelevant, which I know we wanted to get to on the last bonus episode, and I said we'll save it for now. You know, Detroit Lions... Even though they lost to the Buffalo Bill, looked like playoff worthy. Uh, yes. Your, your Michigan Wolverines, two years in a row, uh, making Ohio State look small, weak. I love it. I uh, love it. They, they went down to Columbus and imposed their will. Uh you had Jumbo Fisher maybe save his job yesterday at Texas A&M with the upset of LSU. Basketball world is still upside down, even though it looks like um, Golden State might be back on track. And can I just give a shout-out to LeBron? 39 or about to be, what, 38 this year? 38? Uh, 39. He'll be 39. Yeah, drop in um, 39 points, 11 rebounds, wow. over six three-pointers. Uh, I'm I'm just amazed at, um, at LeBron at this point. Did you see what Kendrick Perkins tweeted? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about he's... He's on his second career, and LeBron is they the same age, and LeBron is still out here giving people thirty plus points. Man, and and this is what <clears throat> I was trying to tell people, Rodney. They need to get rid of Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis didn't play. While Anthony Davis is riding his high right now and scoring all these points, maybe you can get a couple quality people. Maybe you can trade him to Indiana and get Miles Turner, Buddy Hield, and somebody else for Anthony Davis. Because Anthony Davis is still young, and maybe you can do some fool's goal. He's putting up epic numbers. Oh, so so you would keep Russ and, and, and trade AD? Yeah, I believe in my – this is my strong opinion. I believe – with Russ coming off the bench, you got Dennis Schroeder starting and um, LeBron. I believe AD is solely the problem because he, he doesn't defend pretty, that well. He's always injury prone. That that will he don't defend it. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember, I I don't know why I remember in New Orleans him being like a, a decent defender. Now he's just atrocious. Guys are just scoring at will on him, man. Like he can't do anything to stop anybody. And I watched the game. He's giving people buckets, but he can't stop anybody. Terrible. So it's funny you bring up Miles Turner because I got in a very big argument about uh, Miles Turner on Facebook the other day. Wow. Uh, it was because, you know, Brooklyn just lost to Indiana. And a person was like, I can't believe Brooklyn um, let Miles Turner in Indiana beat them. And I'm like, Miles Turner is not no scrub. Like, Yeah, he's no scrub. Yeah. I, I won't say he's Hall of Fame or All-Star worthy, but he's a very good player. Um, that I don't I don't know maybe because he plays in Indiana um, doesn't really get the, the respect he deserves. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. He does. I just found that um, interesting. So yeah, but I, I feel so like I go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, now, Rodney, I know you say you just want to give a shout out to the Lakers. They just need to play the San Antonio Spurs 50 more <laughs> times. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, what happens as the the quality of opponent goes up. I do think that was a, ve- a very brilliant game to bring LeBron back in. Uh, so we'll see though. Uh, you you do you are right. They they look better with no AD. With Russ coming, come play kind of playing that six man role, uh, maybe Russ can, I don't know, feel like a Jamal Crawford uh, type role for them. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Right, and he's embraced that role too. So if if the Lakers really want to make things very interesting, how about bring AD and Russ off the bench? Who would you start in place of AD? LeBron, uh-huh. LeBron is LeBron is big enough and that much of it because he's too he's not fast enough to stay in front of these small forwards. These small forwards are freaking just blowing by LeBron, and I don't see his uh his defense decline over the past few years because the small forwards are faster, thinner, quicker. It's just and LeBron's slowing down. Remember they had LeBron playing center and power forward yeah. for a while. Yeah, they should go back to that. As LeBron as a power forward last night was really good. Like they started LeBron as a power forward last night, and he was really good last night. So without AD, and then they started Thomas Bryant as center, and Thomas Bryant was good. All he wants to do is just grab rebounds. He's going to kick the ball out. I said they need a good rebounder and a defender. Thomas Bryant is that, but you can't start him and AD and LeBron at the same time because LeBron's too slow to guard a small forward. AD's not big enough to guard a center, and he's. It just feel like he just. He's the weak link, in my opinion. He's always being, but blame it on Russ. <laughs> mm, blame it on Russ. You, you could be on to something. Um, Russ, I don't know. I, I like Russ, like I said, coming in playing that six-man role. Uh, he looked like a completely brand-new player. Um, he looked like the Russ back in almost the, the Kevin, Kevin Durant uh, Oklahoma City <laughs> rough days. Uh, right. So we'll see. Um, he didn't have a good game last night because he got his head uh, back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, and, I mean, which I understand, he was visibly because uh, that that was not a small cut at all. Yeah. Matter of fact, he's in concussion protocol. So that's why he didn't play that many minutes last night. I know a lot of people are like, wow, Russ only played 19 minutes. Um, yeah, he, he didn't play none of the uh, the overtime or anything. Yeah, he literally just played the uh, 19 minutes, and he left with a concussion. So Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, you want to talk some Lions? Oh, yeah, let's talk some Lions, man. Oh. And shout out to the Pistons too, man. Without K Cuttingham, um, without uh, Sadiq Bay, without uh, Jay Ivy didn't play. Yeah, without Isaiah Stewart, Ivy's been out. They actually put together a string of uh, three wins or two or three wins in a row. I want to say it was three, maybe two or three. Yeah. decent quality teams. Not too bad. I, I, you got a long ways to go. I still believe it's some players that. Um, that don't fit and, and probably need to be moved, but they're figuring it out. 
Yeah, um, I feel like next offseason um, it's going to be the the key. I don't see Dwayne Casey um, returning as coach. Um, I don't like you said there are there are players that definitely um, probably will be moved. Killian Hayes, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. See, Diggy Bay. You know he's been playing good though. Yeah, he's playing pretty good. Um, so there, there are some players that I feel like will be flipped into other players. Uh, we'll, we'll see though. Yeah, uh. I, I like that too. What you just said, Rodney. Sadiq Bay has he's. It feels like he's just he's declined. He hasn't stepped he, up. He's he's reached his uh, ceiling. Right, like his his defense hasn't been great. I like him as a player, as an individual. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good person in the locker room. But maybe he just doesn't belong on the team right, on this particular team. Um, his scoring has like really went down. And I I just want it's consistency with him. If he can be consistent, then that'll be awesome. And it's kind of like a log jam because I really want during the start. I know Isaiah Stewart is the starter at the center, but move Isaiah Stewart over to the power forward with Duran. You got now you got two great defenders that can guard the big men. Uh, Isaiah Stewart can pop out and shoot threes, and he'll move into like sort of like a Draymond Green role, and that way he wouldn't have to guard the, the biggest man on the floor, you know, yeah. the center on the floor. So that'll be a good pool for them if they can actually utilize that during. Isaiah Stewart, Kay Cunningham, Jay Nivey, and then um, Bovanovich. Uh, yeah, and I feel like I they like that lineup. I feel like they still need to be making a call to Philadelphia and checking on Jay Wright's availability. I mean, right now, if you think about it, they're not set up for like a a winning franchise. They're they're like two or three years away, and they're in rebuild mode with these young guys. So. Yeah, it. I guess it, it's kind of set up to keep the coach that they have because he can just he's just there. They're not ready for a next step, next level coach. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I still kick the tires. He still kick the tires. <laughs> yeah. See. <laughs> see what's out there, uh, Lions. So. Had the had the the running streak, uh, three victories in a row, Chicago, Green Bay, then they the Giants, the yeah. Giants was was a whooping shed victory, um, and nobody gave them a chance nationally um, to do anything on Thanksgiving. Uh, most I think the shit at one point they were a ten point underdog. And I thought that was, like, really absurd. If you watch these Lions, man, play, I mean, look, the first game of the season, and and I'm the person that attend these games. First game of the season, we should have won that game. We lost by three points to the Philadelphia Eagles, who people were saying for a long period of time were, like, the best team ever in the NFL and possibly can go undefeated, so they dropped the ball. Then the next game after that, a team right now that's on fire right now, similar to us, the uh, Washington Commanders, we beat the shit out of them. Then we go to Minnesota against the Vikings. Game we should have won. We should have won that game. Fourth and two, you decide to kick a field goal where you could have just went for fourth and two, close the game out and won. 
You had the lead. Then you gave up a touchdown. It just didn't make any sense to me. Very stupid. Then you go to New England after that. Well, we, you know what was bad about that game? We lost so many good players on that game. That was a game that Swift got hurt against Minnesota. Half it seemed like that game, half the damn team was hurt. But <laughs> yeah, everybody got hurt that game, man. That was that game right there was a, a very physical game against the Minnesota Vikings, and a lot of people got injured, including on Minnesota side too. And it, it just, it was a pivotal game that changed a lot. But we lost a lot of people, man, a lot of people, and they're still injured to this day. Um, we just got back uh, DJ Chark. He got injured that game. Reynolds got injured that game. Um, the safety, um, damn, I can't Tracy think of his Walker. Name. Tracy Walker, that was pivotal because Walker was coming to his own. The defense I thought was pretty decent with Tracy Walker because he was leading in tackles, and then Rodrigo was right after him. I thought that was like really pivotal. We lost Tracy Walker for the season that really just destroyed the defense, and we couldn't really get it together up until now. Yeah, so. Nobody giving. I don't think anybody nationally and even most local pundits were not giving the Lions a chance. The Lions come out on Thanksgiving. They hang with probably one of the top three teams in the NFL right now in the, the Buffalo Bills. They lose on on a last-second field goal. I know there's no such thing as moral victories in the NFL but if you're a Lions fan, you had to feel pretty damn good about how the Lions played against Buffalo on Thanksgiving. We got out coached again, but we're learning. He, I guess he's trying to figure out the players. It's only season two for the coach. We got out coached on the third and one. Jerry Goff throws the worst pass that I ever seen. You're in a dome. There's no weather. There's no wind. He throws the worst pass I ever seen in my life to a man that was wide open. And he was beating his man upfield. And he threw a shitty pass like behind him. Terrible. And that was on the third and one. Yeah, so one of the interesting articles I I read since Thanksgiving was uh, the Lions are in playoff contention but need to figure out the quarterback position. I do feel yeah. like if you had a better quarterback back there, they win on Thanksgiving. You have a better quarterback, you win against Philly. Because remember, he threw a pick against Philadelphia that was stupid. Pick Next six. The track, yeah, he threw a pick six that was just stupid. We lost by three points to them. Against Minnesota, he threw a, um, I think he threw an interception against them too. I want to say, yeah, he, he, threw an inter- he threw two, one which uh, led to a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I don't understand like some of the throws. He was flawless against uh, the the uh, Commanders, but then oh oh my God! Then the game after that against the Patriots, it just interception, 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 fumble. Just, he threw. I know. He threw a bad interception against the Giants. Is all he got called back on a penalty, but still, still a bad. He that that he got bailed out. Yeah, it just feels like we're just a quarterback away. But it's not C.J. Stroud, though. Please. Get the people stop, <laughs> stop saying that you want C.J. Stroud. He's not great. Give me J.J. Uh, for those that want C.J. Stroud, just watch the second half of the Michigan game yesterday. Right. He, he's not – no, he's not a. He's not great. 
I'll rest my case on CJ Stroud. Um, the the scary thing though is none of the premier quarterbacks coming out this year have looked world beaters. Um, right, Bryce Young has looked uh, average against a great competition. Um, the the kid from Tennessee just tore his ACL, so he probably won't even be ready for the start of the season. C.J. Stroud looks below average, in my opinion, when they play good teams. True. The, I can't think of the kid from Kentucky that people are high on. Um, I watched the Georgia game. He looked average at best against one of the, the good defenses. Um, I don't know. Picking a quarterback in the – NFL draft, it's a it's a crapshoot. Right, unless you you know what, unless you take the philosophy from the the uh, the then the Commanders, then they were the Redskins at the particular time when they drafted RG three and Kirk Cousins, and people said, why would you draft two quarterbacks high in the draft? Hey, one of them was going to be good, one of them wasn't going to be good, and they actually had a, a decent run with both of those guys. So, I think the Lions should probably do that. Open it up, draft at least two or three quarterbacks, man, and fucking just have them go at it. How would you like that? Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, I do feel like at this point, you maybe you, you try to do, I don't know, the 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 Ravens of two thousand. Or what the the Rams did um, when they had to go off. You put playmakers around them and build up the defense and hope that's enough to carry you to the Super Bowl. I, I don't know. Um, I, well, that's the, that's the problem, though, Rodney. Like, they have <laughs> done that. The thing is, he, he's proven even with uh, – you see what happened with the, uh, with the Rams. They got rid of him. Literally, when got Matthew Stafford, literally run the Super Bowl. Who, who, like they were a quarterback away. Who might be out for this? Might be done for the season, Matthew Stafford. Uh, which means that that L.A. Rams pick is looking even more good for for the Lions this year. So yeah, that's cool too. I don't. I don't it's know. Like golf, so I feel like when. Uh, Jameson, like I want to see the whole receiving core healthy. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like this is what a six week audition for golf. I do feel like you have to draft a quarterback. I'm just not high on any of them that's coming right. out this year. Like I don't feel like you have a, I don't know, Joe Burrow or. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, some somebody that's a can miss quarterback in their class. Uh, feel like I the totally close. Agree. I feel like the closest is Bryce Young. And and I don't even think Bryce Young. I, you know who I really like that's like that's like over the top. And I know he didn't have a good time for a Nebraska franchise, but Nebraska was freaking. You're talking off. about Martinez. Go with Martinez. He got a cannon for an arm. He can run. The only thing is, like, uh, 
I don't know if his IQ, because he's a run first, pass second quarterback. That's a, that's a knock on him. But I don't know if his IQ is like good enough to read some of the schemes. But he will run first before he can even. He's not even reading those schemes. He's taking off. So I, I don't know if I could see that. Uh, I I I could actually see that. I I I always feel like. Like you said, Martinez didn't have the team around him in Nebraska necessarily to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I I just don't know out of the – and I feel like you might be able to get him in the second or third round. That's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking maybe we can draft a couple quarterbacks and then have them go at it. Um and see how see how it plays out. I would love for the Lions to actually just play in free agency and, and see what they can get out of some of these quarterbacks. Like I said, uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't signed. He has shown interest that he wants to come here. Um, there's a couple other people. Um, I know. I don't Wilson, know if you'll be ready to pay him now. I don't see why not. I I don't see why you wouldn't want to pay for somebody that's high caliber like that. Um, I know Kyler Murray's been injured. They did pay him. But I'll bring Murray. I wouldn't mind seeing Murray either. I think Murray's dynamic. I think he'll be awesome also. Um, it's a couple other people that's really good too. Um, maybe you bring in Tannehill because they might move on out of Tannehill and get Malik Willis. Um, um, what about Wilson for the Jets? He had one bad game and he didn't want to own up to it. And now they want to write him off. And yeah, I wouldn't. Really I wouldn't. Right I want to. Uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, I don't want. If I had to pick between all the quarterbacks you just named, Tannehill maybe. Well, you got to think about it. Zach Wilson inside of a dome would probably be really clutch, bro. Going against, I mean, playing on that shitty MetLife field, which is god-awful, and then you playing against uh, the Patriots in the cold, he he. You know what? People are talking about how horrible he played. The special teams allowed that touchdown. He didn't throw a pick six. Yeah. I mean, the special my, teams allowed My only concern is, is you get, are you getting a younger Jared Goff? He missed a lot of open receivers that game. Do you think you could probably, like, work on his game and fix him up, you know, and build him up a little bit? Because he is only, what, 23? Yeah, but if the if the Jets give up on him in his second year, I don't I don't know. There's there's some red flags with Zach Wilson that I I, I don't know. Maybe he's just immature. I'm thinking he has the immaturity and yeah, maybe that's that's what's it for him. He's just immature. He just needs some learn. He got to grow a little bit, learn a little bit more about the game and certain things and schemes, and then he'll be just fine. Yeah, but I, the the Lions have to figure out this this quarterback issue. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. They got to figure out the quarterback issue. So it's, it's starting to be yeah, it's a huge problem. Yeah, I feel like Jared Goff is holding uh, us back. I mean, I feel like if if Stafford was still here. We will be solidly um, talking playoffs and, and and hosting a playoff game at this point. 
Yeah, I agree with you on that one, brother. Because right now, we, it feel like this is the most talented Lions team that I've done seen in a long time. And the defense is coming together, too. They burned that young man from uh, off the practice squad. He comes in, has two sacks in the fumble recovery. Yeah. Um, my mind? Yeah. Make, yeah. Uh, McNeil at the tackle has played good this year. Hutch has played um, good. Um, I feel like he has to be in a rookie of the, of the year conversation. I feel like Slauson Gardner is going to win it, but I feel like um, he's he's done enough to put himself second in, in rookie of the year conversations. Uh, Pasco, when he's healthy, he's done really good. That uh, that's the the thing, and I think I said this on the podcast before. That's impressed me most um, about these Lions is uh, you got to give Brad Holmes some credit for finding players in the draft. Saint Brown, mm-hmm. I believe, was the fifth round pick. Uh, McNeil, I think, was a second. Pasco. Second, um, like you said, I can't. You got players that's that's um, free agent rookies making plays. Uh, Kirby Joseph, I want to say, was a seventh round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, shoot, in the the past two GMs before him, it seemed like they Achilles Hill was um, drafting after the the first round, so. No, I agree with you on that one. It just drafting after the first round, and plus you were drafting guys that just basically couldn't really cut it. I yeah. love Okuda, but it felt like you could have drafted him or made a trade like you did for William. Because the Lions got a lot of trade bait, man, a ton of trade bait, and they never take advantage of it. Yeah, and, it, and that's the thing that um, it'll be interesting to see what Brad Holmes does in, in this year's draft. Like you said, last year he went on and got went up and got Jamison uh Williams. Um this year you have two first, two seconds. Uh, I believe you have like five of the first ninety five picks. Uh so you you got some room to play. Exactly. And I'm 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 excited about the future of the Lions, man. If they if they make some decent choices Right now, right now the way the defense is playing, the offense has been electric. Right now, like you had just mentioned earlier, if you go and get defensive players, you got a chance and just go all defense this whole draft. You might be a damn good team, man. Especially if we get some young, some young dogs. You know, some young people come in that's ready to play. Um, I, that's the problem, though. I don't really know what defense has really been dominant so, this season so in the- college football. So one of the mic drafts I saw has an, an intriguing pick uh, that the the half the Lions using their their pick to get this uh, defensive player, and mm-hmm. it's somebody we saw play this year because they played Michigan, um, and Michigan kind of took him off the game though. Uh, Cause they just they they just ran the ball over the place, and when they did pass, they passed away from him. Uh, father played in the league. Um, Joey Porter Jr. has been mocked to the Lions. 
So what round do you see uh, Joey Porter Jr. going? Well, they got him locked to the Lions in the first round, um, which would be interesting because then you would have Jeff Okuda, Joey Porter as as your uh, two corners, and you probably move Kirby Joseph to to the slot. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I like that. So I I, just, I thought that was interesting, uh, because if if I mean if you tried out it's two years from now if you tried out Jeff Okuda, Joey Porter based on what he's done in, in college because I, I I like his attitude. He he's a dog for sure, and you got Kirby Joseph as your top three corners. I, I feel like you own to something. You know what? You might be right. My my problem here is like the 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 uh the death of the team, man. Like they need they need more players behind other players because when people get injured on the defensive line, which has been a common thing for the Lions over the past few years, we just been hit, man. It's so hard to to apply pressure, and it seems like quarterbacks are just standing back there forever waiting to just yeah. Throw the so ball. that's that's why I would like to see them uh, maybe. With their first pick, the, which is probably going to be the Rams pick if it keeps falling, maybe you get a Will Anderson. You can put them opposite uh, Aiden mm-hmm. on your on your D line. Uh, you could char- slide Charles Harris into more of a backup role, uh, pass specialist type D tackle D N. That gives you Pasco still. That gives you uh, Bryant. Uh, so I, I just feel like it makes your D line more versatile, right? Or, or like we just was talking about too. Let's say you keep golf right, and you play around in that free agency pool, man. And what about? I was so disappointed that they missed out twice on getting Khalil Mack, and then it was a couple other players out there too that you could have got too. And I felt like the Lions, they just needed some people to, to help bolster the defense, man. They just added a couple of players, a couple of veterans that can come in. You know, probably some workhorse people. I love Adama Kinsu. I thought he would have been a good pickup for the Lions, too. Um, he was not the same, of course, but he's still a threat. He's still Adama Kinsu. You know, he's still a body. Better than, like, some of the people that we have. And then he can get – he can teach, teach some of the young people how to – come along in different schemes and how to approach the game. Because right now, it feels like the Lions don't have any veterans back there to teach these young players. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, be, yeah, I feel like they have a thing. They're going to have a ton of cap space, um, especially depending on what they decide to do with golf. So I, I feel like that, this offseason, the world is the Lions' oyster. Um, so we'll see. So yesterday, the some would say the greatest rivalry ever was played, the greatest rivalry in college football or college sports period was played. Um, simply put, the game, the University of Michigan Wolverines, Versus the Ohio State fuck eyes. <laughs> and 
Michigan once again playing bully ball, especially in the second half, tickets to Ohio State. Is this more impressive of what Michigan was able to do or what Ohio State failed to do? Well, from as us being avid football watchers, and of course Michigan being our team, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I watch some Ohio State games. So I love the Big Ten. That's my thing. I love the Big Ten. Of course, Michigan is my favorite team. I watch Purdue. Uh, I watch Illinois. I, I, look, I just watch all the the Big Ten teams. I'm the Big Ten. I'm a Big Ten guy. From watching them throughout the whole season, I knew Michigan was great. I knew they were a good team. The injuries they they had. I knew it would be it'll be tricky, but I knew they had the better team at the time. Ohio State had nine injuries to key players. I knew Ohio State was coming into the game reeling. I didn't understand who in their right mind had Ohio State as the favorite, and they're missing so many players. Matter of fact, the guy that made the most tackles and he was supposed to be one of the Butkus uh uh finalists who they didn't pick uh Teddy Two Thumbs, they didn't think he was gonna play. And he was doing all the tackling with two broken thumbs. He was one of the guys that was sitting out. They were missing so many people, man. So I didn't understand how people thought Ohio State was going to win this game. And they struggled. They struggled the past couple of games to beat a Northwestern team, to beat a lot of teams this season. They struggled a lot of those games. And they wind up coming on top. I think people were fooled by the Michigan game against Illinois because Michigan had Blake Corum hurt. Edwards, who just ran for 200-something yards, and he had a broken hand, broken thumb, I think, on his hand, or broken yeah, something so was broken. Yeah, it's a broken thumb. Yeah, he didn't even play. So we were out that we had Mike we Morris did play. AJ Henning Mike didn't, play. didn't play. Shoemaker didn't play. Like, it was a – I don't think uh, – did Lovelace play? I don't think he played either. He, he played, but Shoemaker didn't. Yeah, Shoemaker didn't play either. It was so many people that we had out that particular game or got injured during that game. That's why I went down to the wire. So people were like, whoa, they struggled against Illinois. Maybe, like, Ohio State might be better. And that wasn't the case. As soon as we got back, all those people, it was a totally different story. So I just knew knew that Michigan was the better team because they didn't have a lot of injuries. Ohio State is a decent team. I, I, I don't like them. I hate them. But they're fully healthy. They're scary. Fully healthy, they're better than TCU. Fully healthy, they're better than uh, USC. But a lot of teams can say the same thing about being fully healthy. So do you think they deserve to make it to the college football final, Rodney? No. Wow. So honestly, in your heart, Rodney, I know I hate them just like you do. (laughs) Do you believe that USC is better than Ohio State? Uh, yes. Wow, that's shocking. That is really shocking. You give, you give. Okay, so so let let me say this. Talent wise, uh-huh. Ohio State's better. Coaching wise, I'm taking Lincoln Riley over Ryan Day all day. If if it's a game that comes yeah, down do. to coaching, give me Lincoln Riley. So you trying to tell me, Rodney, if both of them went head to head, Ohio State went against USC, Ohio State, 
and both of them full strength because it takes it what a whole month for the college football um, to come together. You don't think that Ohio State would be wouldn't mop the floor with uh, USC? Maybe in a game, but if we talking best out of seven, I'm I'm taking USC. I'm, so I've watched a lot of the USC games this year. Um, I watched them last night. I'm, I'm probably still going to take USC. Wow, that's that's tough. No, it's Ohio, Ohio State. State Ohio State back. better than TCU? Yes. Is Ohio State better than LSU? Yes. Ohio State better. I don't know about that one. LSU? TCU is nice. TCU, USC. Oh, TCU is way better than USC. I think USC isn't really that great. I think they play in that weak, uh, that weak division, and it's just eh, they're okay. I just and I watch some of their games too. I had no choice because they're the only thing that be on at night. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> Pac-12 at at dark. Is that, isn't that what they call? <laughs> Basically, it just feel like they. In my opinion, I just don't think that they play like any really tough opponents. Um, you play Arizona. You're number four. You're playing at Arizona. Arizona hasn't won really anything. The score 45 to 37. You play Cal. Cal isn't really that great. Cal is terrible. You win that game 41 at home. You win that game 41 to 35. Come on, man. Like, really? You play Oregon State, the Oregon State Ducks. You win that game 17 to 14. Oh, shout out to Oregon State, by the way. Came back and hung. Uh, Basically, 28 answer point on Oregon yesterday to come back to win. Yeah, and that blew my mind, too. I just, yeah, I, Oregon's always been uh, kind of tricky these past couple of years. They're trying to figure it out. <laughs> but you go against UCLA also, you win that game 48 to 45. Notre Dame, I, I don't know. It's going to. It's really interesting to see how they do against Utah. Yeah, Utah I don't, was the last I don't know to what to make them. of uh, Notre Dame either. Notre Dame have looked great at times and terrible at other times. Uh, you know, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I, I do want to see USC, this uh, USC-Utah game. Uh, Utah, this one is... One of my team from the the Pac-12 that I that I like to watch. Uh, Utah plays a very Big Tennis type football, so it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, um, I do think this submits Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and then you know what? If USC does, uh, if uh, well, Utah, Utah has lost what two games this season? Two or three? I think it's three. Oh, you're right. Three. They lost to Florida at the beginning. And that was that was devastating for them. I mean, does that knock USC out if they do use lose to Utah? I don't know. I, I feel like it would be. I think it depends on how close the game is because. 
the the interesting thing is like so you got what three undefeated teams in mm-hmm. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and then a one loss USC team. Uh, and like I just looked at the AP rankings, they have Ohio State fifth. So if so if um, USC loses to Utah, does that mean Ohio State is back in? That'll be interesting. Or let's say Utah beats USC, does uh, a Alabama hop a a a one loss Ohio State team? It, it just be interesting. Yeah, I don't think Alabama will hop over them. I think it's either the top five is is what it is right now. USC has to do what they have to do. If USC loses to Utah, Ohio State jumps right over them. And then you'll have Georgia at Ohio State, Michigan to play TCU. I would love to see two I, I would love to see two Big Ten teams in there at full strength. I, I do believe at full strength with Michigan full strength with Ohio State. I believe those are the two best teams, in my opinion, in NCAA football. Georgia lost a lot of people to the draft, and their games have been real tricky and close, too. Yeah, I feel like this this LSU game is going to be tricky for them. I don't think it's a gimme. Yeah, it's really not. It's not a gimme game. Like, their games, they've been, they've been holding on by a thread. They just barely beat Kentucky. Kentucky isn't really that great this season. They were six and five this on the season, and they beat Kentucky, they beat Kentucky sixteen to six. Yeah, it'll, it'll be really, really um, interesting to see. Um, championship week is going to be re- really, um, really, really interesting. Um, particularly if USC loses to see because I feel like at this point if Georgia loses to LSU they're still in same thing with um, Michigan if they if they were to lose um, knock on wood to Purdue they're still in I think mm-hmm. think TCU TCU also has a very Interesting uh, matchup. I don't think Texas is a gimme at all. So it'll be interesting to see if they lose. If what happens with the rankings are are they still in? Um, do you rank a let's say USC wins, TCU TCU loses, does USC move up to three? TCU back down to four. Mm-hmm. If Georgia loses, Michigan moves up to. I don't know. It, it could make for some very interesting uh, playoff matchups. I agree with you on that one. That would be some really interesting playoff matchups. Uh, who would you like to see the Wolverines play, though? USC or TCU? Entertainment wise, USC. Yeah, I want USC too, man. I think that'll be awesome. Plus, USC's coming to the Big Ten. 
So it'll, it'll be you can, like um, a preview. Uh, the U of M can finally get their revenge for the one say with the 05 Rose Bowl. Yeah, oh, and it, yeah, that'll be a good one. It'll be a it'll be a preview, uh, like you said, of uh, future uh, Big Ten uh, matchups. Um, I did read an interesting article. I want to say it was from the Columbus Dispatch that said this was Ohio State's um, year, and they basically uh, don't know if Ohio State will be back um, due to USC and UCLA coming over in, in a twelve, you know, in the eventual twelve game playoff. Yeah. Um. But. But. I feel like this win cements um, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Michigan legacy. Uh, I think it cements Harbaugh's um, style of offense. The the ball control, keep keep grinding. And I feel like you're, if you're an offense alignment or a D lineman recruit coming out of high school, you have to look at Michigan. What they've been able, what they've been able to do on on those in those two facets of the game, controlling the line and scrimmage both offensively and defensively. Uh, not too many teams the last two years have, have controlled the, the line of scrimmage like Michigan has been able to do. Uh, and shout out to the to the Michigan secondary. A lot was made of how the Michigan corners were going to be able to handle uh, the the passing attack of Ohio State, and they, they especially that second half, they they did a damn um, good job. No, I definitely agree, man. They they're like the unsung heroes, man. I think that those guys stepped up big time. A lot of people don't talk about the the secondary. A lot of you know who a lot of people don't really talk about too. I know the offensive line gets a lot of praise too. The defense gets a lot doesn't. The special teams too, man. Special teams making some key tackles and the fielding position was pretty good too. Because a couple times I thought we were in a really big jam. I thought our punter actually has been pretty good this. It just seems like this is a team of destiny, Rodney. Like everybody's been pretty decent this season all the way around. Like we've been solid all the way around. Not great, but solid. Solid for this year. I like this team this year. It feels like they're a team of destiny. Yeah. Um, and shout out to um, the defensive coordinator, Ohio State. Um, I don't know why he re- refused to adjust, but he kept calling those those all-out blitzes, uh, zero-man coverage, and, and Michigan burnt them every time on it. Yeah. I, you know what's crazy, too? It feels like Ohio State. Ohio State had the same game plan stuck in their mind as as all the commentators and the analysts too. When I watched that Fox Sports at the beginning, <laughs> it was so disappointing because everybody everybody said the same thing. Oh, it was going to be man to man coverage. Ohio State isn't good enough to play man to man against nobody. Are you serious? And nobody I, plays man to man coverage. So that that says a lot. How they really didn't believe in that quarterback. And they, they they basically try to do the Jimmy G defense, the Jimmy Garoppolo defense. 
force him to throw the ball. And I actually think that he's really good. And, I, you know, I was pissed off listening to 97 won a ticket and some of these other people talking about J.J. Listen, his game isn't required to fucking throw 20, 30-plus passes a game. You have Blake Corum and Edwards back there. He's going to hand the ball off. That's and C.J. Stroud, C.J. Uh, Stokes is no sauce back there either. Yeah, and Stokes is good too. So when they sit up there and I hear all these commentators, oh, yeah, well, where was he at all the rest of the times during the season? That's why you don't, he's not required to do that. Just like Trey Aikman, I, I heard the slander on Trey Aikman. You got Emma Smith back there. The same thing. I would be pissed off if I if I'm freaking got uh whoever was the quarterback for the Lions throwing the ball 30, 40, 50 times, and I got fucking Barry Sanders back there. No. You hand the ball off to those guys, they're eating. It's a reason why Blake Quorum is in the the uh, Heisman vote and Edwards is good. It's a, the running game is powerful and it's efficient and it's reliable. Go to the running game. And, I, and, I, and I think people forgot how, because Blake Forum and Edwards gets a lot of um, attention. And one of the things I thought that was missing yesterday in both the ESPN covers and the Fox News covers is they were talking about how great the Ohio State wide receivers were and Marvin Harrison Jr. is a beast. But Michigan has some highly has some highly re- regarded wide receivers of their own coming out of high school. AJ AJ Henney was the Illinois Player of the Year. Cornelius Johnson, the Connecticut Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, Roman Wilson, fast and saw a get out. So uh, the the Michigan wide receivers are are no slouch as well. So. Yeah, that's and I that's why I believe that Michigan man is a team of destiny. And you just you said it, brother. All the people that's coming together and that's making this team a whole it feels like everybody is solid. I I've never seen a Michigan team like this. I always seen a Michigan team where we would get beat on a special team. The defense wouldn't be good. Um, or one you know, one year the offense is great, the defense isn't great, the special team is horrible, people running punt returns, kick returns on us, the kicker is awful, the punter, the the field goal kicker is terrible. We gotta go for two. This year everybody's really good. Everybody's good. The punter, the kicker, the special teams, the defense, the offense, the running backs, the quarterbacks, the wide receiver, everybody's good. And I I never seen that in, in a long time in Michigan. There's no weakness to this team. Um, this team reminds me a lot of the 97 championship team, the, um, Tom Brady, um, even though they didn't go to the national championship this year, the Tom Brady, David Terrell, um, 98, 99 team, I went to the orange bowl and, and came back and beat the brakes off Alabama, um, those are the two teams that this, this team reminds me the most of. Uh, and if you remember the the 97 uh, championship team, Brian Greasy could make the throw when he had to. Right. You had a, a you had a two-headed monster. Uh, I know Ronald Johnson was one of the running backs. You had a young um, Anthony uh 
ain't trained Thomas back there too, and I can't think of the other running back. But and you had a hell of a t- tight end play. Uh, Tumo was on that team, uh, and you had a you had a shutdown corner, of course, superstar in Charles Wilson. Will Johnson, I feel like, is going to be that, even though he's just a freshman. He reminds me so much of a young Charles Wilson, though. Oh, man, you are right about that. He does. And you want to hear something crazy? I know this may be far-fetched, but Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady just yet until he really got into the NFL. and you know. But when he was in college, that's what J.J. McCarthy reminds me of, a young Tom Brady, because he's efficient. Doesn't turn the ball over. Yesterday, a big game. Didn't turn the ball over. Of course, he's faster than Tom Brady. He he can run. He has some some plus and minus. He might not have Tom Brady's IQ, but he's efficient. That's he's, one thing I can say about him. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's got Tom Brady moxie, though. That's, that's, right. He he's he. I mean. I, I, I want to say it was the third quarter where he had the the quarterback run where he drug a couple of Buckeyes for nine, nine yards, it seems like. Yeah, I was like, whoa. That, now, that blew my mind right there, Rodney. I didn't know he was that strong. Holy shit. That guy is strong. He was, dra- he drug- he was dragging three defenders, bro. Whoa. That guy, man, you know what? I think he's going to be something special. I believe when he's going to go to the NFL and it'll be something special. Yeah, so it, so right now, it's Michigan, Ohio State, the great, greatest rivalry in sports. Uh, we got about seven minutes before we got to get out of here. Okay. No, I no, you know what? I believe it is. In sports... Yes. Now, I, I was going to say uh, a, in, in other sports, but no, I, I believe that it is the best in, in sports. It's it's so many different other ones, though, Ronnie. Okay, can I say it's in my top five? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's in my top Cause, three. Yeah, because like I said, man, I was thinking They're, like Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, I was going to say like, Yankees Red Sox might be the one uh, <laughs> that I that I put a I put above it. Uh, Duke, North Carolina, yeah. I put on par. I probably put them right under it. Yeah, like that's, but it, it's got to be like top five, top three. It's one yeah. of those. It's got to be there. Yeah, I mean, but you're talking about also the Eagles, Cowboys. That's tough. Uh, just, Lakers, Celtics. Lakers, Celtics. Yeah, man. Uh, Red Wings, Avalanche. Yeah, that was- Avalanche. That's why that's you know how I know the Red Wings is gonna be good this season and they made all those crazy offseason moves. The Avalanche just won a championship. <laughs> so you know, and I'm paying attention. I know I, as me as a Detroit fan, I'm like those fucking motherfuckers won the championship. I was pissed. <laughs> so I knew the Red Wings were gonna come out with fire in their belly and play crazy this season. And cause we're gunning for a championship too. So and it's history repeating itself. Remember the the Avalanche won after the uh the the Devils won. Yeah, and then we and the we, we we won two in a row. Yeah, and then the same thing they won in oh what was it oh seven and we won in oh eight. Right. So so, so we'll see. Um, twenty games in, this does look like a completely different Red Wing team from the last couple of seasons. 
Right. That's what that's what it that's all I'm I'm pointing to, Rodney. I believe that it's history repeating itself. Red Wings will be good. Give them a year or two, they'll be fine. They'll be back. Yeah, so um if I'm Ward Manual, I'm probably giving Jim Harbaugh um a lifetime contract. Um the Big Ten West, I'm interested to see what happens. Um Wisconsin, I don't know if you saw it, hired Luke Fickle as the next head coach. Nebraska hired Matt Rule. I knew that already. Wow, wait, whoa, whoa. So Luke Fickle? Yep. They hired him? Wow. Wow, that is crazy. So Luke Fickle is leaving um, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah. To be the coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Um which means to to me the the West, the Big Ten West just got a whole lot more interesting. Uh Matt Rule when he was at Baylor and Temple was a developer of talent. Um Luke Fickle has done an amazing job at Cincinnati. Um he wasn't that great of a coach when he was the interim coach for Ohio State. But he's definitely grown as a coach till then. Um I feel wow. like it'll be interesting to see. Um I feel like Nebraska still thinks they're Tom Osborne Nebraska and I don't know how well you can recruit at Nebraska now. I think Nebraska's still a hotbed for uh some good recruiting. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. Um, I, I just thought though were two interesting um, hires. Um, I wanted to see what uh, Stanford does uh, now that David Shaw is is re- resigning. Man, I am wow. And okay, Rodney. So, all right, I know this is a strange question. So when does USC and UCLA come over? Like what? What year? Um, after next over? year, the um, 2024 season. So oh, wow. just think of the coaches you could have in the Big Ten: Chip Kelly at UCLA, Lincoln Riley, USC, Matt Rule, Nebraska, Luke Fickle, uh, Wisconsin, Ryan Day. Even though Ohio State fans want him fired. <laughs> At Ohio State, and then Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Very top-heavy coaches, um, top-level coaches um, throughout the Big Ten. Uh, Notice I didn't mention James Franklin. Penn Penn State had a sneaky uh, good year had they not had to play Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah. They sure did, man, and that I think that they can capitalize off that. They just got to keep everybody healthy. Just, just think how good the Big Ten East is. You had Penn State go ten and two, and not going to finish third in the division. Yeah, wow, man. You know what you 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 on to something, Rodney? I'm actually nervous about like how crazy this is going to be, man, for the the Big Ten, like, a lot of competition. A lot of good competition is happening. A lot of traveling is happening, too. 
Like mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how I'm interested to see how this is gonna pan out for uh for Michigan and Ohio State. Is somebody gonna move over? Or are they because I, I hate to see both of them go against each other at the end of the season uh, in the same so division. I, so from what I'm hearing is the Big Ten, once UCLA and USC make the move, will not have divisions. They'll have pods or something. Oh. Wow. Okay. I, I like that. I like that, too. So, I, I guess what you got shaking up is the top two teams will, will play each other in for the Big Ten Championship. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that. And to get rid of uh get rid of the divisions would be a good thing to me in my opinion. That way we can have some of the key matchups. Um I would like to see Purdue again play against Ohio State or uh or Minnesota. I know Minnesota, this is the first time Minnesota played against Michigan in a long time. Yeah, they're they're on the schedule for next year. The little brown jug will rivalry will be back. Uh, we get to see PJ Flack and roll the boat. Yeah, I can't wait to see that happen, man. I can't wait to see good rivalries, and and I can't wait to see USC and UCLA play Michigan and Ohio State. More tough matches to come. Well, I'm more interested to see how they play. Let's say they have to play at Michigan in late November. How how did the West Coast team handle playing in the cold? I know. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, whoa. And And then vice versa, versa. Ohio State (laughs) or Michigan having to go to UCLA or USC, let's say early September, 75-degree day. How do they handle the heat? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, because they were talking about Ohio State uh, flourishing and how that, the good weather was going to affect us. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> that, I guess they don't realize that Michigan plays in decent weather, too. Like, during the, the beginning of the football season, we thrive in good weather, too. So that just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. So, shoot, on that note, I guess it's time for us to get out of here. Um, join us Wednesday for a bonus episode. Um, we can spend some time talking about 21 Savage and Nas. Uh, I want to talk about the Davies, um, Book of David album, which is, I think, a sneaky good uh, candidate for album of the year. Mm, you know what? That actually, I really do like that album too, which is crazy. I really do like that album. Yeah, so join us on Wednesday to hear why we both really like that that Book of David album. Yes, sir. And we'll get out of here on that note. We'll catch you on the B-side. Peace.